I'm Mark Kaiser. I teach statistics at the Hayati School of Governance, and I'm the professor of applied methods and comparative politics. Statistics is often very poorly taught. There's multiple ways you could approach it. You could approach this basically as a subfield of mathematics with the idea that you'll build up systematically later. What I do is actually radically different in which uh, we cover a lot of ground, but we don't go into as much depth. And we actually spend the last four weeks working on multiple regression with the understanding that if this is the only course they ever take, and that's the case for about half the students in the class, that at least they have a takeaway skill in understanding of what's probably the most important workhorse for data analysis, multiple regression. I am Carolina Matamoros Ferro. I come from Colombia. I am from the MPP program to graduate in 2018. What has surprised me the most is the way that Kaiser chose it in like common language. I always struggled how to explain this kind of stuff in simple terms and it has been amazing seeing Kaiser do it. For example, in multicollinearity, that's a really difficult subject. And the way he explained it, he just used group theory, so you have three big circles and you interact them and he showed like just out of a really simple graph why it was important so that was amazing actually i never understood uh, multicollinearity with like that very clear image until he did that i understood it before but with a lot of complicated math behind and now i'm able to see it in in, in so very simple terms my name is Jordan Strayer. Uh, I come from the States. I'm in the Master's in International Affairs program. Kaiser is definitely the best professor I've had in it, but that might be more of a knock on my old professors. He has kind of a relaxed demeanor and he has energy behind it, which is not what you usually find in a stats class or in any math class. Usually it's just somebody kind of droning on and they often would make comparisons to things that they were only interested in. So I had one professor who had a bunch of chickens and every day he would run stats about how his chickens were laying eggs and how they were doing compared to other chickens and in different seasons. But every single day to do that same analysis, it's terrible. Um, whereas Kaiser comes in with something different that can either be generalized or maybe impact your day-to-day -day life. The idea is to show the students simply the usefulness of the topic. So even though they're not, certainly not even close to, to, to experts by the end of the first semester, they should have a sense of kind of the topography of what you can do with statistics. Here's a question that's probably been on your mind. Is the Bible the literal word of God? If females are more likely to watch the Oscars, are watchers more likely to be female? Is there a difference between the career preferences of Democrats and the career preferences of Republicans? How strong is the relationship substantively between party identification and opinion about school vouchers? What's the effect of eating popcorn on happiness? If I wanted to look at something like, what's the relationship now between being female and supporting the death penalty? What's the effect of advertising on sales. Keen observers have noticed a positive relationship between the salaries of Presbyterian ministers and the price of rum in Havana. Subconsciously, do women know that if they wear the color red, that they have a greater influence on being perceived as attractive by men? He has one lecture where he talks about how the perception of color is impacted by gender. The example was very funny. <laughs> so you have like a attractive guy and not that very attractive guy 
And actually, yes, the statistics show that women wore red <laughs> when meeting with this guy. So it was funny because then everybody was like self-aware. Am I wearing red? Do subconsciously do women know that if they wear the color red, that they have a greater influence on being perceived as attractive uh, by men? Subconsciously, do they change their behavior depending on whether they think they're going to meet with an attractive man or an unattractive man? So, do women use this effect to their advantage in an anticipated interaction with a moderately attractive versus a moderately unattractive male experimenter? So they ran these data in Munich, and they took 63 females. They vary in age between 18 and 53, and they made sure that none of these women uh, were taking contraception, because that could wipe out the effect. And they varied the attractiveness of the experimenter. So the idea was that the experiment was that women would come in at the LMU at a university in Munich, and um, they were supposed to have an interview with now a man about some job that they thought they would work for the psychology department. When they got there, now these women would be shown, they would see a picture somewhere of the man they were supposed to interview with, and the color didn't vary, but the attractiveness of the man did vary. And so the question is, when the women come in for their second interview and think they'll really meet this man, are they more likely to wear red if the man was the attractive man? And are they less likely to wear red if the man was the unattractive man? So luckily in psychology, they've got giant photo databases of men and women that have been objectively rated by men and women on how attractive they are. So to women, an attractive man looks like Matt. <laughs> this is what women like. <laughs> Matt is a solid 6.71 out of 10 points. <laughs> So what, you ask yourselves, does an unattractive man look like? <laughs> oh, that's Bill. Poor Bill. <laughs> this man really exists out there somewhere. I have no idea. In my nightmare scenario is one of these days he's in a class here. <laughs> so his name really isn't Bill. This is a pseudonym to protect his identity. But large numbers of women, right, in this case American women, I think, but maybe it's international, I don't know, have evaluated Bill. And they give him an average of 4.3, right? So now, these two experimenters were randomized. And so half of the women thought they would be meeting Matt, half thought they'd be meeting Bill. And so the question is, when they go in for their interview, will they be wearing red somewhere in their attire. So this could be red in their scarf, it could be red in their shirt, in their shoes, anything on them, was it red or not. Now come the boring part, here comes the statistics, right? But what you see was when they were going to meet Matt, the attractive guy, right, you saw that 18 women were wearing some red, 12 were not. When they were going to meet Bill, the unattractive guy, only four of them right, were actually wearing any red, and 29 were not. So just substantively speaking, before we even talk about whether this is statistically significant, 
it's pretty clear it's going to be. It seems like there's even a bigger effect in women avoiding red when they're meeting an unattractive man than wearing red when they're going to meet an attractive man. And so we talk about that and I try to, uh, they find that fascinating, the research of course. Uh, and then I try to, after going through the research, I steer them into binomial probability and stuff like that, which then they find less interesting, but at least they have an application that they find interesting. For approximately half of you, this is the end of your statistics career. No applause, please. Uh, and for the, the other half of you, you will go on to lots and lots of statistics in the following semester. For me, it, it will be useful to explain it to decision makers. Maybe when I am a decision maker, I already know how to understand this. But uh, when I was working before coming here, one of the major challenges was to report results to the decision maker in order for them to understand them. It's not such a simple subject, and he's able to explain that regardless. I imagine it will be really useful in wherever I go to work after this. If you want to be able to make generalizations about people and make, you know, most of the students here really want to go into policy, then they have to be able to understand people generally, right? So they have to do all these statistics and be able to, that's what stats is. It's the science of generalizing people. I think, at least. I want them to take away from this class a sense of the possibilities for data-driven policymaking, right? So, so fact-based policymaking. And ultimately, that's, I think, not just the goal of the course, but uh, the goal of the entire program. No, I don't know. Kaiser's great. Maybe that's what I should say. <laughs>